yeah, making sure she needs oranges or, you know, any of the things that would aggravate her acid reflux. So then almost six, I would say like six or seven months later, she got sick again and had to go to the hospital. Same symptoms. But this time they diagnosed her with having um, pancreatitis. And so, of course, we're all shocked because, as you know, pancreatitis is very rare in children. And unless... Even if you have like a family history of pancreatitis, okay, then they, the doctor could say, well, this is probably why your child has it. But if there's no history of pancreatitis, then it's very rare for children to have this. And so Dawson, when she was like six, they diagnosed her with having um, a case of pancreatitis when she went to the hospital. And of course, this scared me because I'm like, this is a grown-up disease. This is not something kids should have. However, the doctor said he didn't think it was a permanent thing. Even after we went to the um, the pediatric gastroenterologist, gastroenterologist or whatever, he said that he think it's like a one-time thing. He didn't think it would happen again. And he's like, well, let her eat whatever she wants to eat. I think she's fine. It's probably just a bacteria or a virus. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm just going to... Before I go any further, I just want to say, I am not a doctor. I don't have a doctor degree. I don't have any of that stuff. But I am a mother. And having seen my daughter like have the same symptoms for a period of two to three years, same thing, and then finally they say it's pancreatitis, that led me to believe that she did have like reoccurring episodes of pancreatitis. And I was afraid to... um let her continue to eat the stuff she was eating because when your child is sick, it is not funny, especially when your daughter is in so much pain, she can't even sleep, like she's tossing and turning and having to go to the hospital and spend a couple of days, that is really scary. So when he was like, she can eat what she wants to eat, it's probably a one-time thing. After seeing how for all this time she had been dealing with pancreatitis, even though it wasn't diagnosed, I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to feed her the same stuff. So what I did was I went online and I went to the pancreatitis website and I looked at their diet and it's amazing because a lot of the things that she couldn't eat for the acid reflux, she wasn't supposed to eat for pancreatitis. Then in addition to that, they were saying the website said that people with pancreatitis can only have a certain amount of fat that they can eat a day. So then I started watching her fat intake like, you know, and it wasn't anything major. So I didn't put her in any crazy diet, but the things she couldn't eat which were like mangoes and oranges and tomato sauce, pizza. Uh, she couldn't have a lot of cheese. Definitely she could not have hot fries. But I mean, there were a lot in sweets and a lot of sugar she couldn't have. But the thing is, like, you know how you look on their ingredients and they have like a fat content, like 13 or 14% fat. I think she could only have maybe um, 30% um, fat a day. So I would look at that and I would make sure that she could eat something. So if it was like 3% fat or something, she could have it. But if it was like 14 or higher, she couldn't. So we did that. And it lasted, I mean, it worked for a long time. So from the time she was like 6 to 9, 3 years, she has not had any issues with her stomach. She's been fine. She hasn't had to go to the hospital. Yeah, she's had regular doctor visits like most kids are supposed to have, but it wasn't anything major like before. So then this year, I was like, okay, maybe she's outgrowing her stomach issues. And, you know, she was, mommy, please, can I have hot fries? I really want some hot fries. And then, can I have pizza? And it's hard to tell your nine-year-old she can never eat pizza again or never eat hot fries. So I was like, okay, fine. So this year, I let her have a little bit gradually. 
first nothing happened, then all of a sudden she started having these issues. Not to the point where she was moaning and groaning in pain and not able to sleep, but to the point where her stomach would hurt for a day and then by the afternoon she'd feel better. So I was like, okay, I let her eat what she likes and now she's starting to get sick again. So of course this led me to believe I need to go back on that pancreatic diet that um, I had her on before. But of course, you know, there is no nine-year-old in the world who wants to go back to never not eating pizza or not eating hot fries. So when I told her this the other day, she was very upset. Over the weekend, she did manage to get some hot fries. And of course, Monday she paid for it because her stomach was hurting. And then she also told me that she snuck into the cabinet and ate like potato chips, which is a no-no because that really messes her stomach up. So yeah, I stayed home Monday and then we had a talk. I was like, Dawson, listen. It's like, you might be upset with me, and I get that, because you're nine, you want to eat fun foods, and I want you to have all this fun food. I said, however, if it is making you sick, I cannot allow you to eat this. As your mom, I can't do this. So I pulled the mom card, and I was like, you're just going to have to eat oven-baked chips like you did before. We're going to go back on that pancreatic diet, and you cannot have any pizza or anything. So she wasn't happy with me, but... I laid down a law, and that's what it is. So, on Monday, I made sure she didn't eat any of the stuff she was not supposed to have. And she was feeling better by that afternoon, which usually is what happened. And so, I sent her to school on Tuesday. But, you know, it's one of those things where I hate to do this, but I can't sit here and watch her eat this stuff and then get sick afterwards. You know, I'm a parent first, and this is what I had to do. So, I hope she understands. But if not, I would rather have my kid mad at me and then their health is fine, then be happy and think I'm the best parent ever and be sick because I'm just letting them eat whatever they want to eat, even though it's bad for their health. So that is what where we are right now. Dawson is back on her pancreatic diet and she cannot eat any of the other stuff she is not supposed to have. So I guess my question to you today is, I know um, I try to be healthy and everything, but like, is there a substitute? Or something that your kids like instead of pizza. And I'm saying this because she is nine. I do want her to have some kid-friendly, fun options. And I can't think of anything um, to replace pizza. So, if you guys have any ideas of what I could feed my nine-year-old that would replace pizza and would be fun for her to eat, please let me know. And as always, you know you can just go to Music and Vibes facebook page and leave me a message in the comment section or you can get send me a message and just give me some fun ideas of what she can eat that would replace pizza i know this is a hard ask of you but please 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 i need something to tell her and something to give her that will replace pizza that she can eat but will still be okay with her stomach all right can't wait to hear from you oh and if you guys have any recipes you want to share with me on what to give her or how to make it i would really love and appreciate any of the recipes or anything you can give me so i'm looking forward to hearing from you guys and i can't wait to see what kind of fun food you're gonna help me make for my daughter Today, I would like to talk to you about fighting in relationships. Now, let me just start off by saying that when I say fighting in a relationship, I am not talking about like physical fighting. What I really mean is just like regular arguing 
or having a disagreement with your spouse or significant other. I'm not talking about physical fighting like I said earlier because I truly believe that it is never, ever, ever okay to hit or touch your spouse or significant other in a forceful or aggressive way. And I'm saying this for men and women. It's like I don't think men should hit women. I don't think women should hit men. I think everyone should keep their hands off of each other and leave it that way. So... I just wanted to point that out. That's not what I'm talking about when I say fighting any relationship. And I also want to let you know that if any of you are in this type of relationship where there is physical abuse, let me advise you now to leave and get help. So many victims of domestic violence have been murdered or hurt really bad. And I would hate for that to happen to any of you. So please leave and get help if you are in that type of physical abusive relationship. Now, guys, this goes for you, too. Now, I know there's like this big myth that guys don't get um, abused and that they are not victims in domestic violence. But you know what? They are. And I would advise you guys, if there are any of you out there that are victims of domestic violence, please leave because it is not safe for you to be in this situation as well. So for any of my listeners who are experiencing domestic violence, please do whatever you have to do to leave now so that you can get help and be safe. Now, when I first got married, I thought, as I told you before, that we would live happily ever after and that we would never fight or disagree because, you know, we would be so in love, we would automatically do what we needed to do to make the other person happy. Now, this sounds really good, and it is an amazing marriage if this happens, but all of these wonderful images of marriage did not translate into real life. Now, my husband and I, we loved each other, and we still love each other very much. But due to the fact that we are different people, had different love languages, needs, desires, we have different parenting styles, different things we like to eat, along with different things that we want to accomplish in life, we, of course, ended up having disagreements. Now, you know this is inevitable because we are different people. I remember during the early years of our marriage that I would feel so angry and betrayed whenever we argued or had a disagreement. I remember feeling like arguing was a deal breaker and how trust was lost with each argument. Like to me, arguing was taking us one step closer to divorce. And instead of trying to come to an understanding or a compromise, I would either hold a grudge, try to prove how I was right and he was wrong, Or I would just shut down. Now, shutting down is the worst because when people shut down, you get nothing accomplished because you just stop talking and you just are over it. But that is not a healthy way to deal with your issues. Now, as you can imagine, this caused a lot of problems in our marriage because we could never, ever come to a resolution and we were never able to resolve any issues. Like there were a period of years where we had the same issue and the same argument for years. Like, we would literally discuss it, talk about it, argue about it, fuss about it, and nothing ever got accomplished. So that was, like, the boiling point. Like, with this one topic that if you boiled it up, everyone would be upset. So we could not resolve any issues. And we actually went to marriage counselors, and we were told we had a problem with communication. And so, of course, you know, when you have a problem with communication, quote-unquote, you try to work on communicating. So it would go well in the counselor's office when we did our role plays and stuff. You know, we were like pros at it. But then as soon as we got home, 
and it was like a real pressing issue and we were not role playing everything that we learned went right out the window we were back to the same arguing and nothing got accomplished except well we did spend time together in a counseling session and I guess yeah but other than that nothing got accomplished so that is what happened one day, I have to say, after one of the worst arguments in our history, in the history of our marriage, I mean, it was a bad argument where things were said, people were upset, you know, people were, it was just a bad argument. So one day after this terrible argument, you would think that we would be like, you know what, forget this, it's not worth it or whatever. But we did something that was different. Well, actually, I can't take any credit for it. My husband did something that was different. He's like, you know what? He's like, we have talked about this before. We've discussed this before. He's like, but we never got to the reason, you know, why we're arguing about this. Like, what is it about this particular thing that is really the problem? So once we he brought that up, we sat down and we really had a long conversation about what, you know, about us. Like, why we got upset about certain topics, how they made us feel, um, things that happened in our childhood that made us react a certain way or feel a certain way, some of our fears. And it's like once we talked about that and we got that out in the open, it was easier to understand why he did things the way he did things. And it was easier for him to understand why I did things the way I did things, like why I reacted the way I did and why he reacted the way he did. It's just that we began to understand each other on a whole nother level, which was like a deeper level because instead of like fighting him, I wasn't fighting him anymore. I was fighting what the real issue was. And you know how it is. I mean, for everyone who's married, you know that some that the problem most of the time with all arguments is not what we're arguing about. It's basically how a certain thing made us feel when it was brought up or how we felt disrespected. It's usually the feeling of feeling disrespected more so than what we're arguing about. I think that um, most of the arguments are, I would say, maybe 5% of what the issue we're arguing is about and 95% on how it we feel or how we felt disrespected or not even listened to at that time. And so that is a problem. And that was the problem for us. And I'm sure it's a problem for many other couples because even though people are married and they're different people, different needs, it's almost like the same problems happen to the different couples. So it's like if I'm having an issue with one thing, another couple could be struggling with the same thing at the same time. And even though we're different people, we're going through similar things. And so that is how it just works out. Now, once my husband and I had that conversation, it was funny because that talked it wonders for our marriage. And it was like for the first time in years, we began to understand each other, like I said, on a deeper and a closer level. Now, when we, now, I mean, we still have disagreements, but we don't have them a lot or as much anymore because it's like I know the things that are going to frustrate him and I know how to say it and how to talk to him about certain things. And he knows how to approach me with different things because now we understand what things, how things make the other person feel. So when we do have disagreements, I have to say, I no longer feel like it is the end of the world because I understand why my husband's reacting in that way. And I understand now why I react the way that I do to some things. Now, since we do understand each other, I find that we are both 
taking each other's feelings into consideration before we do things or say things. And it's funny because before that never happened. It was just like, I'm going to do this and whatever. But now that I know that certain things that make him feel a certain way or he knows that certain things make me feel a certain way, it's like we're taking care of each other like emotionally like I make sure that if I know something makes him feel a certain way and it makes him uncomfortable or frustrated or disrespected then I make sure I just don't do it because even though it may not be a big issue to me if it's a big issue to him then I do feel I should respect that and the same with him like I noticed that there are things that before he felt like it wasn't a big issue but now he realizes it's a big issue to me so he respects my feelings And it's like, well, if it's a big issue to you or if it's going to make you feel upset or frustrated, it's not even worth me doing it. So that is pretty much how we feel. I do feel more compassion for my husband, even when I'm angry with him, because I realize that an argument is not a betrayal of trust, nor is it a sign of divorce. Now, if we have to be totally honest here, I have to say that arguments are a normal part of a relationship. The only thing that makes arguing bad and harmful to a relationship is when it becomes a personal attack of your spouse or a significant other. Arguing becomes harmful when the focus of the argument is about what is wrong with your spouse rather than how this action may have hurt them or how their actions have hurt you. I have come to realize that arguments and disagreements have nothing to do with how terrible our spouse is or how terrible our boyfriend or girlfriend is. But it has everything to do with how what they said or what they did hurt us or made us feel. Believe it or not, arguing can be a powerful tool for understanding in a marriage or a relationship, but only if the real reason of the argument is addressed and it is not used as a time to insult your spouse session. Now, none of us are perfect. And so I would even suggest that in the midst of any argument that you ask God to show you what the real problem is and what you can say to diffuse and resolve the issue. Now, I know it sounds strange because believe me, when someone mentioned that to me, I was like, are you crazy? I'm like, how do you expect me to like pray in the middle of an argument? Like who does that? But I realized that, um, Praying in the middle of an argument, it really works. Now, I remember when I first heard this concept, I used to try to get my husband first to stop in the middle of an argument and pray. That did not go well because he was like, I am not praying in the middle of an argument. I'm mad. I'm upset. But you can pray in the middle of an argument whether your husband or your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend joins you or not. I know I find myself sometimes if we're having a disagreement, I'll just pray and I'll be say something like, God, I don't really know what the problem is. Please show me what the real problem is and then show me what to say to dissolve or resolve the issue. And believe it or not, it's like God works in amazing ways. And, you know, like we find ourselves being able to talk about what the real problem is and actually come up with a resolution. Now, this takes time to get to the point when you ask God for guidance during an argument. But there is no time like the present to start. So today, I want to personally challenge you to begin to address the issue of any argument that you or your spouse may have or you or your boyfriend or girlfriend could have. And I want you to stop any verbal attacks that you want to give your spouse or significant other during an argument. Remember, arguing and having disagreements are normal in relationships, but it is our reactions and response that will determine whether or not our spouse feels heard, loved, and understood. 
Today, the song that I'm going to share with you is called Never End, and it talks about a woman who's angry with her husband, but who still has love for him. Just something to think about as you listen to this song. Hope you enjoy. Today you were unkind, it was about your feelings, not mine. You made me want to say, don't talk to me today. You made me want to scream, throw days at you. But I didn't because I'm in love with you. I love you, 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 I love you. Because our love runs deep I turned and walked away So that I could pray For the words to say To break the tension I love you, I love you I love you, I love you I love you, I love you I love you I love you, I love you I love you, I love you I love you, I love you I love you My love for you will never end Even though we fight sometimes I am yours and you are mine Together for a lifetime Love for you will never end Even though we fight sometimes I am yours and you are mine Together for a lifetime hope that you enjoyed the song this week. I must say that I could actually feel the anger and frustration of the couple in this song, but I also felt the love that the wife had for her husband. And I think that's important that you can be angry, but still love the person because we know the person's not the enemy. It's just a problem that we need to address and let them feel love. So remember, love your husband, even if you're upset, love your wife, even if you're upset. Boyfriend or girlfriends, love them too, even if you're upset, because they are not the enemy. It is a problem that you guys need to work on together. So, that is what I want to leave with you today. 
Thank you so much for spending time with me this week and continue to share, share, share the podcast. I would also like to encourage you to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show if you have not already done so. This episode of the podcast is being sponsored by Anique Music. Anique Music is a publishing company that handles all of the songs aired on the show. So I really would like to thank them for their continued support of Music and Vibes. All of the songs heard on the podcast are copyrighted and they were written by me, yours truly, Kiana W. Mitchell. If you would like to contact me, I can be reached at the Music and Vibes Facebook page. So feel free to leave me a message or a comment. Now, for all of you people who are on Instagram, my Instagram handle is Anique Music and that is A-N-A-E-K-M-U-S-I-C. I would love for you to come visit me. Maybe we could follow me or we can talk on Instagram if Facebook is just not your thing. Now, I'm going to try to remember to put my Instagram handle in the show notes so that you'll be able to find me. And for everyone who's on Facebook, don't worry. I'll try to put my um, the link to Facebook page in the show notes too so you can also get in contact with me. Well, I had an amazing time as always talking with you today. And until we meet again, hope you're having a good day, whether you're winning or losing. I love you, and no matter what, you're going to make it through. All right, bye-bye for now, and I'll talk to you next week.